Boys, are you ready? Yes. All right. Bedtime Story Adventure 2018, Chapter 4. James felt the pressure from the big man's hand behind him. It was holding his rucksack down, effectively pinning him to the pavement. James couldn't see who was in the back of the car, but he didn't think it was actually the police. Whatever questions the voice wanted to ask him, he didn't feel like answering. He stopped struggling, and just for a second he felt the pressure from behind ease a little. In one swift movement, James twisted 180 degrees, pulling his arms from the bag straps and jumping backwards and away from the big man in black. He stood still, half waiting for the man to move, and half looking into the darkened back seat of the car. He still couldn't make out who had spoken to him. All he could see was two bright eyes and the glint of pale teeth. Hold on, said the voice. I see you are resourceful. When was the last time you saw Elf Pontneuf? James said nothing. He wanted his bag back. It was still dangling in the grip of the man in black. And even if James was faster, there was no way he'd win a tug of war against the big man. Ah, so you do know her, the voice said. She has something that I need. When did you see her last? Two years ago, James said, hoping to say just enough to get his bag back, but not enough to get him into more trouble. She was at my school. What are you doing here, then? I was dropping off a Christmas card, James lied. Is that a crime? Depends, said the man. If you're so innocent... You won't mind me looking in your bag. James didn't move. The big man opened his rucksack and rummaged inside. Then he checked the outside and found the side pocket with the servo in it. He pulled the Tupperware out with two massive fingers, opened it up and tossed the servo gently into the car. It bounced on the back seat, next to the voice. Hey, that's mine, James said. Really? The voice replied. Looks like Chinese military engineering to me. I'll have to keep hold of it for now. The big man threw James's bag back to him. It hit James's chest hard, but he caught it all the same and swung it onto his back. It's not Chinese military, James protested. It's just a servo for my project. A lie, the voice said. Just like the lie you told me when you said you last saw Elf years ago. If you should see her again... Let her know I would like to have a chat. I have something of yours, and she has something of mine. Perhaps an exchange would benefit us both. Yes, you're a resourceful boy. I'm sure you can arrange it for me. Now, I have other things to attend to. Off you go. James could still see the servo on the seat next to the voice. There was an air to the voice that gave James reason to pause. It sounded confident, confident and dangerous. But James could feel himself getting angrier and angrier, and he knew that he was faster than the man in black. He knew he could get his hand on the servo before anyone else. But something about the voice in the car. Without thinking, James took a fast step toward the back seat and shot out his right hand to grab the servo. He was fast, but so were two other creatures. One was a grey blur that launched itself from a tree branch above the car, straight down onto the back seat. The other was a dark line like a whip that flashed from the driver's seat to intercept James's hand just before it reached the servo. For a split second, James saw clearly what was going to happen. The black line was a thin snake, 
mouth wide open, ready to sink its fangs into the side of his hand. The grey blur was a squirrel. A squirrel with no tail, but with a bow in its hands, an arrow strung then loosed toward the snake's head. The squirrel's arrow was straight and true. The snake twitched at the last millisecond to avoid it. At the same time, James pulled his hand away. But both the squirrel and James were a fraction too late. One of the poisonous fangs nicked the knuckle on James's little finger. A jolt of pain shot up his arm, and he leapt away from the car, almost flung back by an electric shock. The car door swung shut, but just before it was fully closed, the squirrel darted out, nimbly propelling itself off the wheel arch to land on James's shoulder. I was wrong. You are a fool, the voice called out as the window closed. The driver was gone from the pavement, and the car pulled away, its rear lights flicking on as it gained speed. James found he was breathing hard. His finger throbbed, and he held it tight with his other hand. But the squirrel had other ideas. She ran down his right arm, bow now on her back, and started prying at James's fingers. "'What are you doing?' James snapped. The squirrel said nothing, but gave James a stern look, like a teacher would do to a naughty child. "'Okay, okay. It's good to see you too, No-Tail. Go on, take a look.' James let go of his little finger, and the squirrel sank her sharp teeth hard right into the flesh that the snake's fang had scratched. James let out a yell that set a dozen seagulls into the air from nearby roofs. His hand instinctively flicked the squirrel into the air. She wasn't bothered, and simply backflipped, spat out a mouthful of James's skin and blood, and deftly landed on his shoulder. "'What did you do that for?' James grunted, cradling his now-bleeding, throbbing finger tightly under his left armpit. If I'd known you were going to bite me, I wouldn't have shown you my sore finger. Notel gave him a reproachful flick on the ear. James had been rescued enough times by the squirrel assassin to trust her, whatever she did. Okay, okay, I'm sure you did the right thing. But it was flipping painful. Who was in that car anyway? And what did they want with Elf? The squirrel stayed silently on his shoulder as he trudged up the hill towards his house. The finger still throbbed, and James could tell it wasn't just the bites that was hurting. He was pleased that Notel was with him. She wouldn't let anything else bad happen. By the time he reached the top of the road, he had no idea what to do next. It seemed like he should tell his parents, or call the police, or probably both. What if the voice was the police? He doubted it, but couldn't be 100% certain, as he'd never dealt with the police before. And what could his parents do? Even if they believed him, they could hardly find the voice and get his servo back. The servo. He desperately needed it back. He was already dreading having to tell Mike that he didn't have it. And what was Elf doing back in Brighton? It must have been her in that taxi being followed by the pigeons. But most of all, he just wanted to get home and run his finger under a cold tap. That would definitely make it feel better. No tail stayed with him up to his front door. Then she hopped off his shoulder and into the nearest tree. He let himself in and kicked his shoes off. His finger was still bleeding where the squirrel had bit him, and there was a big dark patch on his coat. But the coat was dark-coloured anyway, and the patch was mostly under the armpit. He doubted anyone would notice it. That night after dinner, he found it hard to get out of his T-shirt. His whole arm ached, and he couldn't raise it without it hurting. He had put a plaster on the hole in his finger to stop it bleeding. When he went to the bathroom to brush his teeth, he pulled the plaster off and took a look at the wound. 
It didn't look as bad as he thought it would. After washing away the blood, he found that No-Tail had bitten a neat little chunk of skin and flesh about the size of a pea. It was still bleeding, but he found that if he held it above his head, it mostly stopped. He opened the bathroom cabinet and found a first aid kit. Inside was some gauze and tape. He wrapped a gauze pad to his finger and taped it tight. He also took a paracetamol, and it didn't feel so bad after that. Back in his room, he felt down the side of his bed with his good hand for the squiducken key. He figured he would need it soon enough. The key had been given to him by the king under the fort, and it unlocked the way down into the Wellsbourne caverns, deep under Brighton. That was where Lord Ratzenberg was, somewhere in the caverns, scheming and plotting. As James drifted off to sleep, he thought about rats and squirrels and snakes and elf, the strange girl who disappeared two Christmases ago. Why did the squirrel bite him? Because the um, snake then really spread through his whole body unless she quickly ripped off the bit was infected with the snake then. What do you think, Laurie? I thought it I thought um he bit down, mm-hmm. sucked it out, yep. and then spun it out. To get the poison out. Yeah. Could be right. Dad also 